Thanks for checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. The things that we are going to talk about tonight uh, is just continuing in a... um, you know, a series that I started in the beginning of the summer on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so there's so much more to unfold about the Holy Spirit, but, um, you know, we'll finish maybe when he returns. I don't know, because you know, the very person that is at work today is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the word of God is God breathed by the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, amen. So the Holy Spirit, the word of God is alive, amen. And the Holy Spirit now is alive and living on the inside of us. And we are worshiping God in what? Spirit and truth, spirit and truth. And if there's ever a day that you should be thankful that you have the spirit of truth living on the inside of you, it should be today because of all the lies. And we don't have to buy the lies of the world system or we don't have to buy the lies of the things that are happening. No, we have truth on the inside of us. He's called the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. And not only do we have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth living on the inside of us, we have the written word of God, which is absolute truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And this is what we want to build our life upon so that, again, we can be those in the kingdom that are unshakable. Everything else in the world is shaking and falling apart. Economics are falling apart. Come on. Everything. Education. Oh, my gosh. Do we not see it right before our very eyes? Falling apart. Every system of the world is falling apart. But the very thing that's going to remain sure and steadfast, come on, forever and ever and ever and ever is his word. And he tells us we need to build our house upon the rock and the word of God so that we're not going to participate in sinking sand. Hallelujah. Or we're not going to participate that when the winds blow, we get knocked over. Because there's all kinds of winds blowing right now. All kinds of things blowing around. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But those that are founded upon the rock, those that have built their life upon the word of God, the rock we know is Jesus Christ. And Jesus was the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in speaking of the ministry, I I was, you know, I listened to my sermon that I did the last Wednesday night, which was back in uh, the end of August, I guess, was the last Wednesday night that I did this. So I had to go back to remind myself and I was listening to myself preaching and I said, I don't want to sound like that when I preach. So I said, self, don't sound like that, but I hear the sound. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. But you just can't change it. It is what it is. I said, I want to sound soft and sweet. But but lion just comes up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I really did tell myself that. I listened to my whole sermon and I said, I just just really want to sound sweet. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. Anyway, so, you know, I'll be real with you guys. I really did want to sound sweet. Um, But my heart is sweet. I can be, assure you of that. Hallelujah. So we were talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but anyway, I had to go back and I had to listen to where we left off. 
And um, so I wanted to start today because I cannot go back. This is actually the eighth teaching on the ministry of the Holy Spirit that we did over the summer. And I couldn't believe it. And so um, I can't go back to, you know, start from the very beginning or give a review. I'm just encouraging you, if you still want to know more about who the Holy Spirit is as a person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you need to go back and listen to all of those Wednesday night podcasts uh, because, again, I am, I do flow in the teacher, so I like to build upon one another, okay? And so that's just how I do it, and so I just encourage you, go back, listen to it, um, so that you can just continue to grow in knowing who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit's assignment is in the earth today, amen? Because it is imperative that every person know, have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Because it's he that is at work within you continually. Okay. Now in first Thessalonians, this is where I want to start. First Thessalonians chapter five, because we, last time we talked, we talked about the fact, um, that the Holy Spirit, we started with that there were two workings, that the Holy Spirit is vast, and there's many functions of the Holy Spirit, but a lot of times we're only focusing on the two functions, which is the inner working of the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit uh, comes upon man, okay, which we know on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit, what, fell, okay, and comes upon man, he'll receive what? Power. Uh, But I believe there's so much, um, you know, teaching on that side of the spectrum that we've completely neglected the inner working of the Holy Spirit, which we said was to produce the nine gifts of the fruits of the Spirit within your life, the nine fruits of the Spirit within your life, that's part of the Holy Spirit's assignment and job with the inner working in you, but then also what we talked about to continue to develop the character of God within you, the nature of God within you. That is all part of the inner workings of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about how it's so important that we recognize uh, the Holy Spirit and the inward man, right? And that's where the Holy Spirit is working and, and speaking to us through. And we focused a little bit this last time that I shared on how important it is that we receive the engrafted word of God which is able to save our soul. When we get born again, our spirit man now becomes alive unto Christ. But we have to, uh, as believers, take the responsibility to renew our mind to the word of God so that our mind can be saved, which was our our will, our, our emotions, right? Our reasoning, our thinking, our all of that is part of what our, how our mind functions and we have the responsibility to transform our minds with the renewing of the word. And we read that scripture out of Romans chapter 12 um, the last time we talked. <clears throat> and then recognizing that the scripture says in James that we are to receive the engrafted word of God. That's part of that renewing of the mind that we have to receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our soul, right? And so 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 says this. Now may the God of peace himself Sanctify you entirely. Say sanctify. Entirely. Sanctify you entirely. This is what the Lord wants to do. 
He doesn't want to just save you so that one day when you die, you get to go to heaven. No, he wants to completely, entirely sanctify you. And there is what we call a sanctification process. And lots of people are not talking about this today in churches. There is a sanctification process that he wants to do within our lives so that we can be what he calls holy just as he is holy. And that's part of the Holy Spirit's job is also as he's working on the inside of us is to bring forth that sanctification in our life. Our spirit man, again, once we get born again, it's alive unto Christ. It's alive unto Christ now. That means now it wants to do what Christ says in his word to do, right? He says, I'm gonna give them a new heart, right? And that heart, he says, he's gonna write his laws within it. So now he's going to take that cold, stony heart away when we get born again, and then he's going to give us a new heart, a new spirit, and he's going to write his laws in it. Now our spirit is alive unto him, and now because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us when we get born again, now the Holy Spirit can begin to speak to us through his word, amen, to bring a sanctification process to our lives, okay? So this is still part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to bring sanctification, not just to your spirit, man. Isn't that what Thessalonians says? But entirely, entirely. He wants everything redeemed. And why do we know this? Because the scripture says it, but not only that, we know that the body, it can't even be redeemed. He wants the body redeemed, but it can't be fully redeemed until we take on that glorious body again. Come on, when we see him in a twinkling of an eye, when the trumpet sounds, we're gonna be changed again. And we're gonna take on that glorified body that we had, that Adam had in the midst of the garden. Because this body is still decaying. But guess what? We can have, we can have governance over our body while we're still in the earth. It can't be complete until he, but he wants it complete. You see that? He still desires that our body is completely redeemed. Everything about us, he wants completely redeemed. Everything. Everything. Hallelujah. Because he created it. So it says he wants himself to sanctify you entirely. What does he say? May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is he coming? Is he coming? We still believe he is coming. Amen. And he is coming quickly. He is coming quickly, more quicker than ever before. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So there's things I could say, but I'm going to stay focused. Okay. So he wants us sanctified, say sanctified, Sanctified. hallelujah. And we talked about the fact that with the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us, we have to what? Cooperate. We have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit because he can't do anything unless we acknowledge, and I said this, yield to it. He can't do anything for us unless we acknowledge it and unless we accept it and unless we yield to what the Holy Spirit is saying 
to do within our lives, right? And that's where it's going to bring the transformation within your life. He wants us completely transformed, completely, entirely, every bit of us. Amen. Now, let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. This is important, and we're going to start in verse 3. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. You see this? So he wants us, we've been given divine power. It's been granted to us so that we can live a life, a kingdom life. Amen. And it would be what? Godly. He wants us to live a godly life. All right? He wants us to live a godly life. And it says this, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us the precious and magnificent promises. What are those? His word. So that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Again, this is about allowing the inward working of the Holy Spirit to bring sanctification to us because now we have obtained the divine nature on the inside of us. We are no longer of the sin nature. Once you get born again, that sin nature is dead and it no longer has control over you. It only has control over you if you remain ignorant of what belongs to you and who you are in Christ. And this is why we see so many believers that are still living like they are sinners, right? But we know that he's coming back for a what? A glorious church, a mature church without what? Spot or wrinkle. And that's his desire. That's his plan. That's his plan for man, right? And so now we've become partakers of this divine nature. Come on, that's why we shouldn't say we're just still sorry sinners. We're not sorry sinners any longer. We have a divine nature living on the inside of us. Hallelujah. A divine nature living on the inside of us, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. You see that? Because we now have that divine nature on the inside of us, we get to escape the corruption of this world and its lust. So those lusts should no longer have hold over us because we have this divine nature on the inside of us. Hallelujah. So he goes on to say, now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence and in moral excellence, knowledge and in your knowledge, self-control and in your self-control, perseverance and in your perseverance, godliness and in your godliness, brother kind, brotherly kindness and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are what? Increasing, say increasing. Increasing. We have to ask ourselves every day, are these qualities of this divine nature, of his magnificent promises, are they increasing in my life? Because he expects what? Increase. Always. Always. He expects increase in our lives. And and he lets us know what the increase is that he expects. Godliness, knowledge of who he is. You ought to be able to persevere through your little emotions more today than you were. Come on. Right? (laughs) Woo. Self-control. Are these things increasing in you? Or do you see you're not any different than 10 years ago? 
and you've remained the same. You still have an anger problem. You still have offenses happening and you're, you take everything, you know, with an offense that anybody says. Come on, you, I mean, oh my goodness. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Don't get me started. Okay. <laughs> Brotherly kindness. I mean, we don't have time for pettiness anymore. We are living in an hour that we need to get ourselves together because he is quickly returning. And this is not just, oh, people been saying this for generations. No, we see it unfolding every day before our eyes and we don't have time to be babies. Especially those who have been here and should know. Come on. You should be more kind in your brotherliness. Come on. But yet I know people can't get along with anybody. And he said, love. Praise the Lord. Love. Let's just say love. Peace, Peace. Joy, joy, kindness, kindness. Gentleness. gentleness. Oh, we're so kind. Come on. It says, for if these qualities are yours and they're increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what happens if these things are not increasing in a believer's life? What did the scripture just say? Say it out loud. You will be useless, unfruitful. And we don't need useless, unfruitful Christians in the hour that we're living. We need people that know who they are in Christ, come on, that know how to walk in the attributes and characteristics of the divine nature that's been put within their lives so that they can actually be that one that we talked about on the Sunday when I ministered, that they would actually be people that know how to walk in love. They would actually be people that have the light, shining within their lives, that people would be drawn to them and that they would actually walk in wisdom beyond their capacity, beyond their knowledge, wisdom that is not learned from these natural realm, the natural realm, but wisdom that is from what? Above. Hallelujah. And he let us know what those people look like and called them fools, right? So, you know, everybody's so sensitive about what things the scripture says, but he wasn't very sensitive when he penned this book. He called people fools. He called, the hypo he called people hypocrites. He called people vipers. He called them like it was. Why? Because you have to be shocked into reality. Come on. This is not a little, you know, flowery sermon all the time. Because we see what flowery sermons have gotten us. Christians that can't even live according to the word of God. I've been, a lot, been around now 32 years of living this out. You know, not as long as some. But faithfully for 32 years every day of my life living this thing out. And I'm going to tell you, Christians today look way different than Christians when I started out. Amen. So, he lets us know that we have a responsibility to continue to grow in the divine nature that he has put within us. And he expects us to increase in that every year. And part of the way 
that we are going to grow and increase is what he calls pruning. And pruning happens by the Holy Spirit. Pruning happens by the Holy Spirit. Pruning happens by when you're reading the word and you see something in the word and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you in your inner man and say, yeah, that's you and you need to adjust that. You need to change that. You need to obey that. You need to do that. Because this is what you're doing in your response. Or this is how you're treating that person. This is how this works. And this is called pruning. And or what we could call part of the process of sanctification. Sanctification. I don't know how more simpler, we can break this down because religion has made, you know, this term sanctification, all religiosity, all this stuff that people can't even understand what it's even saying. But we're going to see how simple it really is by reading a few more scriptures, okay? So we see here, 1 Thessalonians, we already read that, that he mentions that he wants our entire being sanctified, And to remain what? Blameless. So he doesn't want you to go through life and there's things about you that there can be blame. He could blame you for some things. You want to remain what? Blameless. Okay? Blameless before his return. So now... Look at, okay, let me finish reading the scripture that I was at in 1 Peter because it's just so good. Amen. So he says in verse eight, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will uh, render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is what? Blind or short-sighted. Having forgotten his purification. What was the purification? The purification was the blood. The blood purified you to give you access so that his divine nature, come on, could be put on the inside of you And now we have to remain pure. We have to remain pure. And part of remaining pure is the Holy Spirit's job working on the inside of us, bringing forth things within us that he can say there's some sanctification that still needs to happen in this area in your life. And he's always working, always always working in you. So he lets us know that if you don't do these things, you're going to what? Be blind or short-sighted. You're going to be blind. Well, where there is blindness or where there is things you can't see or where you could also say when you're blind, it's pretty dark, is where the enemy now has his access. And blinded can also represent deception. Right? Or we know the scripture says, if you're not, which I read this, I believe, in that last uh, message uh, in James, that if you are only a hearer of the word, but not a, you are deceiving yourself. What is it saying? If you're not doing these qualities, if these qualities are not increasing in your life, you are blinded and short-sighted. You are beginning to go down a road of self-deception or delusion, okay? So, because why? You have forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. Did he choose you? 
He chose you to be his child, to be his son, to be his daughter. You didn't choose him. He chose you. He chose you. What a privilege. What an honor. He chose you, right? He chose you. For as long as you practice these things, all those things that we talked about, you will never stumble. Because what is he's letting you know? As long as you are continuing to increase in knowledge, increase in perseverance, increase in brotherly kindness, increase in godliness, increase in all these things, you can be assured to never stumble. I have heard people, you know, balk at that, religious people, because they think, well, who do you think you are that you think you can never stumble or you can never sin again? He said I could. That's arrogant. We're all sinners. They don't know who they are in Christ. Because he lets us know that now that that divine nature is on the inside of us, and as long as we continue to increase in these qualities of God and allow that sanctification process of the Holy Spirit to increase our lives every year, every year, every year, we can be assured never to stumble. Never to stumble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You ought to be thankful. Some of you that keep stumbling in the same, same old thing, same old thing, same old thing, year after year, you are not increasing in what he says in the scripture. Hallelujah. So he says this, verse 11, finally we'll be done. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus, Savior Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Hallelujah. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now, remember I already said, 1 Thessalonians, that he expects our spirit, soul, and body to remain blameless until and sanctified until his return. Romans 12, 1 and 2, again, lets us know, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, in this one, again, you see here that he begins to let you know, not only he talks about renewing of the mind, but again, he tells you, you have to present your body. Again, he wants this body holy. He wants this body in a right blameless position before him before he returns. And so many people don't even talk about the body side of it, right? So remaining blameless, spirit, soul, and body, we talked about this in several of the other messages about the fact that we need to Learn how that we don't have to any longer be controlled by the dictates of our flesh. What is the body? The body's faculties have to do with what? Our desires, right? The fleshly desires or the carnal, what he calls carnal nature, the carnal man, our body. So our body has to, we have to get into a place where Paul says that I crucify my flesh daily. Our spirit man is alive unto God. It's right with God. It's growing in the knowledge of God and growing in the things of God, right? Our mind now is being renewed to the word of God and our mind is getting into alignment with his thinking and the way he does things and how he says to do things. Our emotions, all of those things are lining up with scripture. We're not letting our emotions control us to have outbursts of anger or outbursts of flesh or outburst of whatever, right? 
it's getting into alignment because we are now renewing our mind to the word of God. But this flesh, this body, we have to decide every day that we're going to crucify it. Because again, it's not going to be complete Lee redeemed until he blows the trumpet. But if we can get our mind lined up with our spirit man and they are in agreement and then we do what the scripture says, now we will what? Dictate to our flesh, body, get into alignment. You can't, you don't own me. This flesh does not own me anymore. Right? Right? This flesh don't own me anymore. No, it submits to me. It submits to what I say it's going to do, right? Now, we have to what? When he says crucify the flesh daily, he's talking about we have to bring it into subjection. We have to teach our body that it's going to submit. It's going to submit. We're going to bring it into subjection to the word of God, period. And this is how we can remain blameless, but we're not doing it in and of ourselves. We're doing it by the working of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit begins to reveal things to us to help bring our body into subjection. And we've talked about this before, like, you know, he's going to tell you quit eating cupcakes, can't eat cupcakes. You can eat Stacy cakes. No. <laughs> you can't eat cupcakes every meal and expect not to have sugar diabetes. Right? I mean, you just can't eat all that sugar because we know things uh, affect our body because our body is not Again, it's decaying daily. Everything about our body is dying and decreasing. But with the Holy Spirit, we know the Bible says that the Holy Spirit can quicken our mortal body. He can quicken our mortal body, Romans says. So if we get into a place where we're getting ourselves in alignment, then our body can be quickened and we don't have to be tired and run down because we're speaking to our body. We're doing what what those things are necessary to take care of our body. You know, he talks about gluttony. You can be gluttonous, not just with food, but other things. Amen. But he does talk about it. And he talks about right? Um, bodily exercise. It profits. Profits little, but it profits. Why does it profit little? Because it is in a decay process, but it still profits. Okay. So there's things that he tells us we have to do if we're going to continue to allow, uh, have ourselves in alignment, spirit, soul, and body, so that we can remain blameless. So 1 Corinthians 9, 27 says this, but I discipline my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Amen. So he's concerned about the body too. He's concerned about all three areas of our life. And we know that if our body is not in alignment, then you know what? Our our purpose is going to be cut short. Things that he is assigned for us to do, we're not going to be able to do fully because we just can't run our race the way that we should, you know, and those types of things. And not only that, do you know that we, he tells us that we are a part of his body and we're one with him. We're one with him. Let me read this scripture. First Corinthians 6, 15, 20 says this. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Our bodies. It's not just about the spirit of the man. It's not just about renewing of the mind. 
But we house, come on, the third person of the Godhead. And we are part of his body. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Keep reading. Certainly not. I'm being kind and soft. Or do you not know that he who has joined to a harlot is one body with her? This gets serious. For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Now he's given a type and shadow of what? Marriage. When you get married, you become what? One flesh. And he's using that type and shadow that when we get born again, our bodies don't belong to us. They're his. And we become one flesh. He's using that example with him. We become married with Christ. We are one flesh with him. He gives this as an example, right? And he says, for the two, he says, shall become one flesh, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Say one. We're one with him. We're one with him. That's why he says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body? Or do you not know that your body is what? The temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. Say, he's in me. Whom you have from God and you are not your own. Say, I'm not my own. For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, which are God, both of them, the body and the spirit, and he wants your mind. All three belong to him belong to him. He wants them completely sanctified. All three. So what we put in our body matters to the Lord. What we do with our body matters to the Lord. All of it matters to the Lord. And I don't think we talk about this enough. All three areas matter to the Lord. All three areas cannot bring glory to God, right? Now, look at this, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. We are one with him, but we are also one with everyone else who is born again. Amen. And you know that he wants us to be unified. Yes. He wants the body of Christ to be one. Just as we are one with him, he wants us as the body of Christ to be one in the same. Amen. Now, Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 says this, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Come on, you see this? We are all one in the spirit. We are all one in the body of Christ. 
and everything that everybody does affects the body. Everyone, everyone, everyone affects the body. Every one of us. And so it's very important that we recognize that that is why in Galatians chapter five, let's read it out of the Amplified. Galatians chapter five. You know, I like reading all of it. Um, so maybe I'll stop, but let's start in verse 16. But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh or of the human nature without God. You see that? So he's letting us know, listen, Part of the Holy Spirit's job as you're walking with the Holy Spirit every day is to then allow you what? If you're being responsive to, say I'm responsive. Controlled, say controlled. And guided by the Spirit. You see that? You will not gratify the cravings and the desires of this flesh. For the desires of the flesh are in opposition to the Holy Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh, godless human nature. For there are um, antagonists to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free and are prevented from doing what you desire to do. So he's letting us know, just because we're born again, this flesh still will try to do what it wants to do, and that's why we have to crucify the flesh daily, but the way we're gonna do that is by being responsive, controlled by, and governed by the Holy Spirit speaking to our lives, speaking to our inner man every day as we walk with him, habitually. Walk with him. And he's going to then begin to show us the things that are still controlling our lives that aren't supposed to be. And when we begin to respond to those things that we are prompted by, that we yield to, and allow the Holy Spirit to show us, then what happens? That's when sanctification begins to happen. That's when we'll begin to allow the Holy Spirit to work within our life to bring sanctification so that we're no longer acting like Galatians tells us with all of these things because I still know Christians that uh, envy. I still know Christians that are carousing and drunkenness. I still know Christians that are in jealousy and strife and enmity. I still know all the Christians that are acting selfish and immoral and impurity. Right? Why? Why is it? Is it because they're not born again? No, it's not because they're not born again. It's because they've not taught themselves and allowed the Holy Spirit to teach them how to crucify the flesh. They've not been taught how to renew their mind to the Word of God so that they'll quit living like carnal Christians. Carnal Christians. What are carnal Christians? Those that get born again but still live like the world and act like the world. Okay? So there's process of sanctification that still has to happen and a lot of it is because they're not being taught. But I'm gonna tell you what, those that truly love God and those that truly desire to live for God with all of their heart, he will, the Holy Spirit will always guide you to the place you need to grow to the next level. Always, always. That's why you get born again in the Baptist church, but guess what? I found out by the AG, the Assemblies of God, about the Holy Ghost and how we needed the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. Why? Because you're so hungry and you know there's got to be more. 
So guess what? The AG, the Pentecostals, they had the more. So then you get into the more and you realize, well, there's even more. And you learn, you got to learn how to walk by faith and you got to learn how to, come on, uh, renew your mind because they won't teach you how to renew your mind. But there is some people that will teach you how to renew your mind when you're hungry, when you know the word says some things and you're not walking in it. Lord, lead me and guide me to the place so that I can grow from faith to faith, glory to glory. Because those that are truly hungry and those that truly have a heart for the things of God, the purity of God's word, the Holy Ghost will always lead you to a place to take you to the next level. Always. That's how good the Holy Ghost is. Always. Always. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to help us get this flesh into alignment. Now, what does sanctification mean? What does sanctification mean? Sanctification is the effect of consecration and purification and holiness. So if we're going to walk in sanctification and continuing to allow the inner working of the Holy Spirit to bring us, what is he doing? He's bringing us to a process that we'll see, I've got to consecrate myself in this area. For me to grow to the next place, he's going to show you things you need to consecrate yourself to, dedicate yourself to. I'm no longer going to be able to hang out with all my other buddies any longer because if I'm going to get to another place of sanctification and purification and holy, holiness, I'm no longer going to be able to hang out and do the things I used to do. Come on. If I'm going to allow this sanctification process to happen, I'm no longer going to be able to watch the things I used to be able to watch. I don't have any desire for those things anymore. I just want more of God. The Holy Ghost is going to do those things within your heart. And if you hear it and yield to it and obey it, then sanctification starts happening. Come on. Consecration starts happening. Holiness and purity. Purification starts happening, but it will not happen if we don't yield to those promptings every time we hear them. On the inside, and while we're reading the word, and you wonder why your life is still the same. Well, it's not because of God. I can guarantee you that. No, it's because you have refused, and we talked about this, to yield to the Holy Ghost, to yield to the Holy Ghost as he prompts you and as he shows you things. And, and I'm going to tell you, it will take the working of you working with the Holy Spirit and co-laboring with the Holy Spirit to see that process happen. But without our cooperation and doing what the Holy Ghost is prompting us to do, it will not change. You will not change. You will remain the same. I looked up the word sanctification out of this scripture out of 1 Peter 1 and 2. 1 Peter 1 and 2, it says, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit. So what brings the sanctification to your life? The working of the Holy Spirit within you. The inner working. And when you looked up that word sanctifying work, sanctification, it literally talks about sanctification of your heart or your spirit, but your life as well. So that has to do with your life. That has to do with your behaviors, what you're doing every day. 
It wasn't just about your spirit being pure and sanctified. It was about an outward display of an inward work. People ought to see that you're living a holy life. People ought to see that you're consecrated to God and nothing's going to move you off that line. Nothing. People ought to feel uncomfortable when they're around you because of your holiness. I mean, we can walk to places and then, you know, carry on conversations. Me and my husband meet people, you know, be nice, be friendly. And then they find out, you know, they're cussing. And I mean, one man we talk to up at the bar every day or every time we go to this restaurant, he's sitting at the bar. He's come through our church doors before. And you know what? He, he cleans up his words. But he'll come and make sure if he sees my husband in that restaurant, he'll come talk to him. And he's up at the bar every time we go in. It's the holiness. It's the holiness. It's the purity of the life that we live. Hallelujah. Sanctifying work of the Spirit is that inner working of the Holy Spirit. And I've said this before. That's why he's called the Holy Spirit. Because he's holy. He's holy. And he wants us to be holy. He wants us to be sanctified completely. 2 Thessalonians 2.13, but we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. What is the truth? His word. We know we could read his word and it and he says it's called the washing of the watering of the word which is a form of purification. That's what the priests used to have to do. They had to purify and wash. That's what all those washings were. Right? So the word itself, because it's alive, because it's God-breathed, because it's breathed by the Spirit of God, because our spirit now is alive unto God, because the Holy Spirit now is living on the inside of us, the word is working and the Holy Spirit is working and they're simultaneously working together to bring purification and sanctification in our lives. Amen. And it's by the word of God and the spirit of God. Let me read that scripture, Ephesians 5, 25 through 30. Husbands, I love how he used this type and shadow. Love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. That he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. That he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Here's this body again, right? He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body of his flesh and of his bones. Hallelujah. He wants us holy. He wants us sanctified. Every area of our life. And that is so important that we recognize through the working of the Holy Spirit internally, again, developing the fruits of the Spirit within our life right? Developing the characteristics and the nature of God within our life. All of that is part of that sanctification process that will only yield holiness within your life. 
holiness within your life. Hallelujah. Because he so desires that his people be holy just as he is holy. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. 